Hey everybody, welcome to the Robin Callie Show. Today is May 19th, 2015, and this is the very first, first Robin Callie Show. And it's a very, very special day to be launching because it's Rob's birthday. Happy birthday, my dear. Thank you, Callie. Thank you, Sister Callie. How's your day been so far? It's good. It's really good now because we are actually doing something that we've been talking about <laughs> years of doing. And uh, this has been a long time coming, y'all. So it's so cool. This is like the best birthday present that I could give to myself. And also just for us to get together and do it is amazing. It's really great. I love it. I love the significance of it. I always like to think of birthdays without putting too much pressure on birthdays. Yeah. Except the milestones, which can be a bear depending on what birthday it is. But I also really like the idea of birthdays setting the tone for something new to happen in the upcoming year and mm -hmm. to see things to fruition and for new creative seeds to be planted. Mm -hmm. So I love that we're doing this and I'm very happy to share your birthday with you. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, it's funny because today I was feeling so much pressure, like I was talking about before we started recording, just about birthdays in general. Like, in a way, it's my birthday, but in another way, it's like any other day to me. You know, and it's like, I think, I don't know, we put so much pressure on birthdays. Like, it's got to be this amazing day. And sometimes it is. But for me, it's like, I don't know, I usually try and live my life these days. Like, keep it simple. And it's the small things I really appreciate. So, you know, getting together with you, doing the podcast. We're going to a little dinner I set up. You know, seeing mm -hmm. some friends. And, you know, you're going to be a friend who's there, and it's like, it's just, I don't know, it's like, um, I just felt the significance of all that pressure, you know, and it's like, I don't know, it's unnecessary. Yeah, it's a lot to put on oneself. I also, actually, as you're talking, I'm realizing that I was going to ask you if you grew up with big birthday celebrations in your family, and then I was also thinking that this might, this might be a broad generalization, but I think most every man I know in my life, friends, boyfriends, brother-in-law, you know, um, my father even grew up with less celebration for birthdays than girls. Now, I don't know how that happens because, you know, a mom, regardless of if they have a daughter or son, cares about the kid's birthday. But does that make any sense to you? Does that resonate? I feel like somehow that's been the consensus. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. My, like, my family would celebrate my birthday growing up, and there were some parties. And as I get older, that didn't happen, and I didn't really care. Um so I don't know. I think when we're kids, we really care about birthdays a lot, mainly because of the presents, you know? Yeah, that's true. And then it's like, um, it's like a big deal. All your friends come over for the party, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I don't know. I, it's funny because, like, I don't know, like this year in particular, I'm thinking about my birthday and I was thinking about friends who I invited to the dinner. And it's like, I'm trying to set two of them up. And so am I'm, I one of them? Actually not. Damn it. I know. Although another birthday, I tried to set you up with a buddy of mine, if you remember, at the Mexican restaurant. You're telling me now all these years later? No, I told you that. <laughs> at the Mexican restaurant, like four years ago, remember you showed up and it was all my guy friends. Yeah, and I was, only... and I was very excited about that. In fact, I had, because that's the last time I was able to share your birthday with you. So I remember, but I didn't, I don't remember being aware of a fix up. But anyway, I don't yeah, want to detract no. from your fix up tonight. So it's right. It, so I, I told you about some guy there, you know, we wanted to see if you guys had some chemistry. And it turned out you were the only girlfriend of mine who was able to come to the dinner. So, um, so I was more focused, I think, that dinner to see if you guys would hit it off. And then this year again, I'm playing matchmaker and I want to see if a couple of my friends are going to hit it off. So 
we'll see. But yeah, I think that to me is almost just as important as me celebrating my birthday. You know, so I don't know what that says about me. But uh, it says you're giving and generous, and you want to share the love and mirror, you know, project back everything that you're receiving back to the people that you care about. Nah. <laughs> I'm sorry, wrong guy. Sorry, I forgot. I thought I was talking to somebody. me confused with somebody. <laughs> I have a lot of Robs in my life. Um, <laughs> should we talk about. No. <laughs> or. No. <laughs> I think that... I thought about that, but no. <laughs> I think it would be interesting. Talk about censorship. Um, maybe to talk about what we're going to be talking about on this podcast to set it up a little bit. Yeah. Because one thing that we, and all the thinking um, <clears throat> and the energy and trying to get rid of the our own blocks that we have um, about doing our kind of DIY projects, as I refer to them, mm-hmm. Um and then we decided very recently to let all that go as best we could and be very present and then sort of set the intention not to think about it until we walked in the room. So right. I hope we can be interesting enough to sustain people's attention each week. Yeah. Do we have a do we have a a bucket of topics? I mean, you and I mm-hmm. clearly um, like to talk about the woo. What's the woo? The woo, the woo-woo, the spiritual, the metaphysics, the yeah. meaning of life, the <clears throat> reason we're here. Yeah, we Our... keep it light, people, most <laughs> of the time. We keep it very light. Yeah. We laugh and we cover a lot of distance. We go, right. we go high concept and low concept all in the same sentence often. That's right. So years ago when we talked about this radio show, and this was before podcasts became huge. I mean, this was back when people were really pitching radio shows. Yeah, because we were like trailblazers. Right. We just didn't do it. Yeah, right. We just let everybody else do it. Now we're trying to catch up. So, um, well, I've always considered myself a late bloomer. And as I say, Mm. late bloomers bloom large. Oh, good. I like that because I was told at an early age that I would be a late bloomer. So that sets you up for some sort of... (laughs) <laughs> so I sort of manifest you. destiny but so there you here's, go. The, here's the conversation your mom sits you down after your first day of kindergarten <laughs> and she goes Callie I know that you think you're going to do some amazing great things in your life but you're not and if you do it's probably going to be really late and you're going to be a late bloomer <laughs> it was something like that she had a sense because um she is intuitive and often calls herself psychic. In our family, we joke that it's retroactively psychic, but that's a whole other separate story. And so, yes, that was something that was laid out before me. So I am with you in the late bloomer department because I have, you know, I have, uh, I, I guess I've lived up to that expectation on some level, for better or worse. So late bloomer. Well, and also I think that a lot of late bloomers had other things to do before they started to bloom. Or to do things that would help them bloom. And for me, it's like, I don't know, I've had a lot of work to do before I could even sit down and do a podcast where I was laughing and joking about it, you know? I mean, God, when I first met you 15 years ago... We were both in funky places. I was so depressed. So depressed. And to just sit here and be as light as we are today, 15 years later, I mean, that alone shows me, you know, how much work I've done. And my boyfriend had just died, so we were on very... I'm sorry to laugh because I'm not laughing about that, but we were on very even footing for two people that were brought together by a mutual friend who thought that we'd really appreciate each other's spirits and souls, and she was very right. We are related. We're a chosen family. Mm-hmm. and um, But yeah, we were not in a cute place back then. Yeah. No, I don't think any of us were feeling that light. And so what we wanted to call the radio show originally was The Deep End. 
I think that was yeah. one of the names we came up mm-hmm. with. And um, <clears throat> although I think that's a good name for some of what we're going to talk about, because we'll get into the profound stuff and the spiritual stuff and things that really pertain to people's self-development, their self-growth, I think at the same time, we're not going to be in the deep end all the time. And not that we'll be shallow or superficial, <laughs> but maybe we'll, we'll just try and keep it light and have some fun, you know, because it'd be fucking heavy if we talked about this shit all the time. Also, do you think that you and I are capable of being shallow? Like, I've tried. I would love to just be shallow for okay. a few days. So here's the thing. I, I remembered this the other day. that I am so bad at gossip. I'm like the worst gossiper you've ever met. And I was hanging out with some of my buddies, and there's like a crew of us outside this building, and I started to not gossip about one of them, but get into an area that's sort of like gossip. And as I was saying it, there he was standing, like, not that far from me. And it's one of those things where I forgot to look around first, but it's like, that's so not me anyway, where I'm gossiping and I would look around. I just don't like to talk. Like, I just don't like character assassination or anything like that. So The universe wouldn't even let you for three seconds. I just, I am so not good. It usually happens where they walk up right behind me, like, as I'm talking about that. <laughs> and ask, who are you talking about? And I'm like, nobody. <laughs> so the universe is like, yeah, no, Rob, you're not that good at that. You're good at a lot of things. You're not that good at gossip. Yeah, well, I love you for that because I think that's a virtue. I was taught that, actually. I was very, I have very clear recollections of being taught among many things when I was a little kid. Um, from Specifically, I remember these words coming out of my mother's mouth. Always be a good confidant and never gossip about people. Those are two very concrete things that my um, sister and I learned at a very early age. And I think that they're very valuable. And I found myself in situations, too, um, over the years, or especially I'm thinking mostly in work situations, because that's when you're with a lot of people that you don't quite pick mm-hmm. versus your friends that are more like-minded consistently. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just thinking about times where I probably laughed a little too loudly or was trying to participate, even though most days I'd like to think I'm kind of beyond that. But um, it always feels sort of uncomfortable yeah. and puts a pit in my stomach to play that game. But Going back to the point, we might not be shallow, but we can certainly be fun yeah. and light and funny as hell. We are so fucking we are funny. so funny. And I know what you're thinking. You're like listening. You're like, you're not that funny. All right, just yeah. wait. Just wait. We're going to make you fucking laugh so much. You'll be pissing in your pants. How about that? That funny. And yeah. although nobody can see you, your cheeks got just got brighter with the fervor with which you said that because you really mean it. Well, it's because, look... Look, if I'm going to say anything on this podcast or on this show, what I want to say is I am so grateful I'm not where I used to be. And I'm not where when I first met you. And we have spent a lot of time talking about what we're going to talk about. And I had a feeling intuitively, it's like once we get on the air, we would kind of figure it out. And I think that one of the things that I want to convey, one of the messages I want to convey is to just hang in there and keep going. Because when I met you 15 years ago, I really thought that that's what life was going to be like. I was just really going to be going through a dark time all the time. You know, I called that dark night of the soul. And um, you say, what was it about? It was just about life. It was about life not going the way I thought it would at 30 years old, 31 years old. And um, tough times that I'd been through up till then. And then also me just sort of paralleling my path of, what I had to work on to get to where I am now 15 years later. And so 
you know, one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast is to bring some levity to the world, but also, like, that person who's listening, who is hurting right now and feels like it's hopeless and what's the use and maybe I should just off myself or just give up or, or not even try, it's like, relax, take a breath, sit down, listen, mm-hmm. everything will be all right. Yeah, nothing, you know? nothing's permanent. Nothing's permanent. The good's not per- the good stuff, the good circumstances are not permanent, nor are the challenging circumstances. I remember once when I shrank a bunch of years ago, um, I was in a good place circumstantially, so I was throwing out a bunch of things I was fe- really feeling excited about. And right. in that moment, right. in her inimitably Buddhist, delicious self said, well, you, you know, that's not going to last. You know that. And she wasn't trying to be defeated. She was just reminding me about the concept of um, non-attachment on some level, and that everything is fluid and everything shifts, and it's really our relationship that we form with our circumstances. So like you said, not to get too weighed down by it, but when you're in it, and you and I, one of our hugest bonds is we're highly, highly sensitive souls, so we feel things really, really deeply, um, and uh, and we know what it's like to, you know, not to sound macabre, but we know what it's like to sort of teeter at the abyss, have the sensitivity to know what that feels like, and have that sense of you know, that experience where we've both gone through dark times or can have empathy for other people at dark times, but also to remember to encourage people that those times will will pass if you can just find a way to find some space and observe it almost like it's a movie mm-hmm. unraveling in front of you. Does that sound too heady and too... Um, no, because no, I always too say Too kind of ethereal? No, no, because I, I, I say <laughs> that thing about, um, you know, life is like a movie that you're watching or right. something. Or, no, you're the star of your own movie, which is your life. Um, or you're the star of your own life. Something like that. Everything. All yeah. of it. We're just stars. Yeah, We're that, just superstars. There you go. So, um, but yeah, it's funny because as you talk about the spiritual stuff, it's like that's one of the things I was really apprehensive about talking on the show. Because as you know, I have a lot of different sides to me. So it's like I was telling Callie before we started recording, like the first thing I wanted to say is, I'm Rob... And I'm a straight guy, and I'm spiritual, and I like sports, you know? And it's like, because I have a lot of different sides of me. It's not like I'm this spiritual, you know, talking all this flowery language all the time type guy. It's like I can be spiritual and talk about the universe and talk about being intuitive, but I also like to talk about guy stuff. I like to talk about Mets, New York Giants, you know, talk about whatever I'm into as far as that yang part of me. Right, Mm mm-hmm. And I can attest to everybody listening that everything you just said is absolutely true. Yeah. Knowing you. I mean, that those parts are all very much there and all, you know, equal components of who you are. Well, I think, you know, I think that I still have shame about being a spiritual guy. Why? I just, because I think, I think part of, one of the things I've had to deal with in life is I don't like to make myself a target. So it's like, not that I'm dodging it, but I'm a little careful as to what I say or what I do because I don't want to be a target. And it's like, this is, you know, getting on the air and just talking honestly about who I am. I think I kind of looked at it like a weakness. Like, even as a very little kid, I was always interested in spirituality and prayer, and um, I just took to it. it. It's like it was something that was always part of my life from the time I was a very small child. And at the same time, I think I kind of didn't talk about it a lot because I was a little embarrassed about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, we grew up during the 80s where there was a lot of evangelism 
And if you talked about God or anything spiritual like that, people just thought you were crazy or too much or way out there. And now, because it's so mainstream to talk about this stuff, it's like there's a way to do it in a balanced way. And also, I guess, it's kind of just accepting that part of myself more in public. You know, to my friends and yeah. my family, they all know I'm really spiritual. And, you know, clients, most people come to me for life coaching and things like that because they know I'm intuitive. They know I'm into this stuff. And at the same time, to, you know, say it to the world, it's like, yeah, but at the same time, it's it's like, you know, I almost want to say, yeah, but I'm still tough. <laughs> you know, I'm still a guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I tell, I understand. It's um, it's interesting to hear that because, I mean, you know that for, I, for a few things. Number one, when I was a kid, I have very vivid recollections of being like maybe seven, eight years old and knowing something was going on in divine consciousness level, um, but having no language for that and nobody to really talk to about it or any confidence or comfort that it was something to bring up that said given you know we have a little bit of an age difference between us and I'm really a child of the 70s um and you know my mom was going to you know um psychic weekend getaways and spoon bending seminars and things like that so in my family and my dad has always been pretty accepting even though that's not how he's made um that was pretty okay language but that said my deeper questions about life and the universe and um you really didn't have a place to go so i understand the idea of feeling like lonely and isolated when it comes to all of that you know it's being deep is not really that easy <laughs> especially when you're a kid i think and then add to that what i can imagine it's like being a straight male where when you're talking about anything that has sensitivity attached to it or softness or vulnerability certainly society didn't make it easy for you guys to grow up that way. And I do think there's more of a language for the indigo kids now that are being born and there's more of a place for that to happen. Well, yeah, because it's like a lot of the younger kids, I mean, and especially guys and straight guys, like straight teenage kids. Football playing, soccer kicking. They're really sensitive people. I mean, they make us look like, you know, we're really rough, you know. And so I think that's just part of the evolution of the human race right now, where it's like every generation is getting much more spiritual, much more sensitive, much more aware, much more compassionate. I mean, I meet some young kids who are really giving and talk from their heart, live from their heart, care about people. Yeah. Not that we didn't grow up with that, but we definitely, and it's funny because I think about it until we're talking about it now, we definitely grew up in the time in the 80s where it was so much more superficial and nobody talked about their shit. Mm -hmm. Nobody, especially gay kids. Mm -hmm. Because gay kids in the 80s, they were all hiding it. And Still, even now, I mean, even so recently, when you think about so many people that are needed in, like, the public... I think about the guy, that the writer that won um, for... Um, best screenplay at the Oscars just even this year and made the speech about, you know, being different. So it's unfortunate. But even now, those types of role models, those voices are needed on a public platform to give closeted kids an incentive to, you know, be okay with themselves. But I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, it's still happening. And then Justin Timberlake, I think he was at the iHeartRadio Awards and he got this Icon Award and he was telling people how he was the weird kid in high school. I mean... He's like the biggest fucking superstar in the world. Guys want to be like him. Girls want to sleep with him or want him. And it's like here he is saying, yeah, I was a weird kid. And now you're giving me this award for being an icon. So be yourself. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the prevalent message these days. It really, you know, it it is. It sounds almost so 
trite on some level, but it's it is pretty important and it's something that's simple that I think a lot of us still don't get regardless of our age. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to be more me, mm -hmm. you know, at this stage mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I think for little kids that don't have that sort of support, it can be a really hard, scary place to be, you know. Mm -hmm. Um I and I've always made this sort of since I grew into myself as an adult and have really grown into my skin and feel very comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm. um, I've often thought about like going back to my high school in New Jersey where I did not feel comfortable in my skin and was not a well adjusted, you know, young gal, mm -hmm. um, very much on the margins and very much, uh, you know, hanging out with the weirdos and felt very maladjusted. And my sister was definitely um, a more well-adjusted cheerleader type, hanging out with the boys in my grade, even though she's, you know, two years behind me. Um, and I firmly believe this is such a huge, broad, sweeping generalization that the weirder you were younger, mm -hmm. the cooler you are when you get older. And that the people, and again, this might not be go over very popularly with a lot of people listening, and that people that were the jocks, the cheerleaders, all the cliches that were, at least on the surface, more accepted and more well-adjusted as kids, never learned themselves the way the marginalized kids had to. Right. You know? Um, it doesn't mean that they don't or that people don't meet in the middle and we all end up being however we're going to be, but... It just feels like it, when you have to struggle with that when you're younger mm -hmm. and look at yourself in the mirror earlier and try to find your place and your voice, that I think it works to your advantage maybe earlier as an adult than it would if you didn't have to find it. Yeah, yeah, and also why you're talking, I was thinking about how... Is this interesting? I I'm interested. <laughs> okay, I'm interested good. about anybody else. I think this is interesting. Like most of our conversations, we usually talk on the phone so much because you live in Jersey, I live in the city. And it's like, so we were going to do the podcast, like not facing each other with your back to me or, or back to back or so, so we'd be more comfortable. But no, um, I was thinking about how in high school and even in college and being in your 20s, like everyone's so concerned about being cool, you know, being accepted, mainly being cool. And I remember Amy Poehler was talking about Louis C.K. And she was talking about how the coolest thing is not caring whether you're cool or not. Yeah. Yeah, he's and he just did all of that when he was on Saturday Night Live um, recently. Did you see that monologue? I did, yeah. and I thought it was ballsy, yeah. and I was talking back to the television, like, man, that was ballsy, and I heard a lot of people the next day kind of giving their commentary <clears> on <throat> it. Um, I still don't know how I feel. I don't get offended easily. It takes a lot. I have a very dark sense of humor. Mm. I really don't think much is sacred. Mm. I do think children are sacred. That's mm. one of my, you know, usually. Mm. Um so I uh, I still have mixed feelings about it. I heard a lot of people say that he really took the most, he dug to the bottom of the most uncomfortable barrel mm -hmm. and deconstructed it. And mm -hmm. that I appreciate. Yeah. Even if it was uncomfortable to listen to. And it was ballsy to do on network television. It was so ballsy. And the thing about it is that he has everybody talking about exactly. it. Exactly. She was on national television talking about it. And then he has the whole country talking about it, if not the whole world talking about it. So good for him. Whatever side you're on that argument, whatever you feel, whether it's right or wrong, you judge it, you don't care, you thought it was great, you thought it was stupid, whatever you think, good for him. He took a chance, he went out there, and he has everybody talking about these topics. And and, and hats off to um, SNL and NBC, too, because that, you know, as somebody who's spent many, many years working in television industry, mm -hmm. that is not... that. You don't come by that easily, even in a forum like SNL, which has always broken rules. That was really stretching, mm -hmm. and I appreciate that. It happens all over the place 
where adults will take advantage or abuse a child. Um, but it's it's also about uh, this is the real light portion of the show, everybody. Just to <laughs> just to give you the heads up, that's what we're talking about. No, but it's also um, about um, oh oh that if there's one kid out there who's watching SNL last weekend and he's been sexually abused or she's been sexually abused and never talked about it and she heard or he heard Louis C.K. talking about it and then she went to the high school counselor and broke down and told the truth about what happened, it's worth it. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, so you know what? I'm going to use that as a segue to bring it back to us and our intentions for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of using the media for positive gain. Um, I've just, a, you know, a little background, obviously, you know, um, but one of my missions in having worked in mainstream television for so long is bringing some meaning to media, as I like to put it. Mm-hmm. And here with the podcast, we have so much freedom to do whatever we want. Not that we're so salacious. I mean, we're good at cursing when we want to and things like that. But um, I think that, we should really set our intention to always find a way to help people or have everybody, and I don't mean this to be lofty, but it's what I'd really, you know, what I'd like to see happen mm-hmm. is that we can use this as a platform to, between our own personal experience um, and stories and other people sharing their stories maybe eventually with us, that we can help to inspire, to teach, to move people, to make them feel like they're not alone. Am I missing anything? Is that too lofty? Too grandiose? No, no, I think that um, my own experience is that I spent a long time preparing myself to use my voice, literally and figuratively, and that's what we're doing today. And so if we can inspire other people to use their voices, great. If we can entertain them at the same time, even better. And I do think that um, I'm kind of laughing on the inside as I'm listening to us too, because you and I, and we've had a lot of conversations about this lately based on uh, someone that I recently met who was a big talk the talk spiritual person, but not a walk the walk spiritual person. And the word spirituality pours out of the mouth. I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual. And it's really not the case. And so you and I have talked about this plenty of times before. We never go around talking about how spiritual we are. Hi, my name is Kelly, and I'm spiritual. That's my religion. I mean, I don't use people use those adjectives to describe us, but we don't use it to describe ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to figure out another language for it. It's just going to be, it'll be intrinsic, hopefully, in everything that we discuss. Yeah, well, it's like when you think about the word spiritual, we're just talking about from the spirit. So hopefully we can put some soul in this show. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. I'm going to give you a happy birthday candle wish for that. Cool. So with that, that's the end of our first show. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. And if you have any comments, feedback, criticisms, whatever, send it to Tell us. Tell us the truth. Yeah. and We uh, like the truth. Definitely. The email is robandcallyshow at gmail.com. That's robandcallyshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. See ya. See ya. But not see ya. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Sometime.